Welcome to All or Nothing in Real Estate, an exclusive real estate platform created to take your real estate career to the next level. My name is Matt Smith and I run the number 15 real estate team in the nation. For years, I've had mentors and colleagues pour into me and now it's my turn to give back. This is not your typical real estate podcast. I work in the trenches every single day and I'm offering you real advice, no bullshit, no fluff, no theories, These are proven processes that will take you to the next level no matter where you are in your business. My team was also featured as an Inc. 5000 fastest growing company in the nation and I'm also a real estate coach through Cheplak Select Coaching as just another way for me to give back. So I have just one question. Are you ready to give it your all or nothing? All right, guys, welcome back to All or Nothing in Real Estate, episode 11. We've got a good one for you today. We've got one of my good friends and in, uh, a leader in the whole in the industry, um, the number one team in California, Sunit, my man. What's going on, brother? Hey, Matt. Uh, you, you know, living the dream. Happy to be here. Good to see you, bro. It's been a, it's been a few months since we hung out, so uh, good to be here. Dude, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you taking the time to be on here. Um, this this podcast is a movement to help other agents across the industry. I know you're now a, a coach with Chet Black, um, just as myself. Um, you're just like everything, taking it to a whole nother level. Um, so we'll get into that today. But I know that you, I know your heart. I know you believe in the contribution, and and uh, we got some good stuff to give to the people today. Yeah, let's do it. Looking forward to it. All right, man. So let's let's start with the number one team in California. H- how'd you get there? Like, tell us a little bit about your story, your journey. Sure. So, um, just celebrated eight years in real estate. Um, you know, I had, uh, been around, did, did some other businesses, you know, like, uh, I was a pioneer in the medical cannabis business and got really deep and went really big there. And, uh, how, you know, maybe for another podcast episode, um, that kind of <laughs> exploded and I sat around for a few years, you know, I live here on a ranch and I was consulting for all kinds of businesses. I was breeding American bulldogs, just living a country life, right. Just kind of, uh, doing whatever. Um, I worked out twice a day. That was the highlight of my life. Uh, drank five, four days a week, which was also a highlight at the time. And, um, <laughs> one of my boys called me and said, Hey, um, I just got my real estate license again. Cause we were in mortgage, uh, in a former, former life. And, um, he goes, you should get it. I said, man, I told you I never want to do a damn real estate deal again. He goes, man, I made 400 grand last year. That was a lie. Um, and, um, come to find out later. I said, well, I like money, right? I'm not making that right now. So sure. Took, took the test again, got my license again. I had given it up. I said, I'm never doing this again. Uh, and um, the first year, uh, you know, rookie of the year for the West Coast at the traditional brokerage I was with. Um, and then, uh, you know, kind of went on like an education and like, a, you know, I traveled a lot. I met a lot of people. You know, I've been fortunate enough that, uh, fortunate in my life that, um, I don't know, I, I guess I'm likable. And people and uh, people gravitate to that. And, you know, if you read Robert Cialdini, it's one of the big laws of influence is is being likable. So um, I guess I've been likable and it's opened a lot of doors. And, um, you know, I continue to elevate my room. And, you know, I was talking to Chep a couple of years back and uh, I called him. I was like, dude. I think I could fucking be number one in Cali. He's all really. And I said, well, I'm looking at the numbers from last year and I'm smoking number one. And unless they like double, I'm going to squash them. He's all bro. It was like, that was never a goal. Like number one in the state is really, really cool. I just want to be number one in little Sacramento. Like (laughs) that, that fills my whole ego, which is important for me. Right. And then, uh, Number one of the state happened. And, uh, once that happens, then, um, we really like, no, I'm all, well, great. I got it. Now I got to keep it. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So, um, so really double down in 2021. Cause you know, this, the rankings are from 2020 still. Right. Um, as a matter of fact, the brokerage rankings just came out this morning and my brokerage 
joined the billion dollar club in our fourth year open, which is another great thing. Wow, man. Wow. Congratulations. Yes, the brokerage is ranked. Oh, no, it's not ranked. The brokerage is not in the top 500 for brokerages in the country, which is okay, right? It's a little 130-person brokerage here in SAC, but we did hit the billion-dollar club. Our rankings for 2021 are coming out, I think, May, and then we'll see if I got it again, but I think I did, so. Yeah, yeah, I know. We've talked about this a little bit, um, and we're gonna br- I want to break down your growth and see what that looks like, but I remember one of the things, and you you and I are very similar, um, is that I remember I overheard a conversation between you and Chep, and and I was in, you said, get in the right rooms, and we'll get to that later, too. It's it's the people you're around matters, right? Um, and so elevate your rooms, and your life will elevate right behind it. Um, so, but I remember him talking about, I think it was Chep talking to you in front of the whole room at, at an event. It may have been in Tahoe. And he's like, well, he got number one. And now I know he he's scared to death that somebody else is going to come take it. And so I have a lot of that in my story. Like my example is I, I'm number one in my little area. Right. And so I remember what I thought, how I got there. And I know there's people looking at me trying to take that from me, just like they are you. Like yeah. most people get to the top, they lose that hunger. I think you and I, something we have in common, it made us hungrier because we were afraid, more afraid to lose it than we were not having it. Totally. Yes, dude. Yes. Yes. Nailed it. hundred percent. Awesome. So let's, let's talk about your growth. So I like how you just casually throw in their billion dollar club. Like, Oh, it's no big deal. Number one team in California. Yeah, that's cool. Like, dude, that's a big deal. That's awesome. Um, and yeah, uh, no, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about, so your growth, how explosive of kind of growth have you experienced? What, what were your units? What'd you look like in 2020, 2021? And what's your projected this year? Uh, I don't even know the projection for this year, dude. I don't look until the end. <laughs> oh man. Like I don't look until like halfway through. And um, I think in 2020, it was seven, 800 units. Um, and then last year it was like 1800, 1700, 1800 units. And this year we'll honestly see. Right. And um, you know, this year, you know, my focus is not shifted, but more broad. So maybe I have less of a focus this year on that and I'm okay, trying to okay. do more. Um, so, um, yeah, but, but the growth has been like this, right? Like straight up, like rocket ship. Um, maybe that's due to being likable. Maybe that's due to being smart. You know, it's all the old adages come true from thinking grow rich and all this shit, right? Yeah, like yeah. it's all real. And it's, when I reflect back on that, like I got to give credit to my family and to my father who was a self development, like junkie, like so many people are like, he gave me thinking grow rich when I was like 11. I said, thinking what kind of shit is this? Right. Like he gave me Tony Robbins when I was uh, 25. Right. So uh, I think that those seeds planted, maybe, although I didn't realize it at the time, definitely may have had some sort of impact, right? A hundred percent. It has to. I mean, what you feed your mind. I mean, that's like you said, it's a very different version of getting the right rooms. What are you feeding yeah. your mind? Right. Um, Cause then a hundred percent, that's awesome that you give the credit to that. That's that's, there's a lot of people that I've been fortunate enough in my life to give me good stuff that have helped me level up. You know, that's yeah, exactly. you work on yourself and then all of a sudden, the, the world changes around you. Right. But really what's happening is you change your, you internally and then externally is where it appears. Yep. You change your input and you get better output, right? right. Like putting, right. like putting a better food in your body or better gas in your car. Right. Like that makes the impact. Yep. A thousand percent. So again, At least again I think yeah. gas in the car makes an impact. I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting fucking sold by gas companies. But I like premium, right? <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So um, on that, on that, uh, Cindy, you casually again went over, well, we did, I don't know, seven, 800 units. And then we went to 17, 1800, like, so seven, 800 units, number one is phenomenal. And especially in California. Right. And then the very next year to over double, um, dude, that's phenomenal. So let's, let's tell the people a little bit, let's give them some, uh, give them some insight on maybe what they can apply. What lessons did you learn? How did you accomplish that? So maybe they can take their version of growth. Well, for us, it really came down to like two things. Like number one, I hire agents as many as I can. I want to send out a recruiting contract to my team seven fucking days a week, every week, seven days a week. Right. Um, number one, and not all people work out and that's okay. Not all people are going to work out if you send out one contract a month, right? So why not just <laughs> 10 exit, 
right? So I want to send out a contract every day. I want to send out a contract every damn day. Uh, Number one. Number two is, you know, once again, being fortunate and being likable. I was graced with some really tremendous opportunities and partnerships that made it possible for us to get these big numbers in a state where I'm pretty sure I break the record every year. And I'm, maybe I'm just breaking my own damn records so even better. Right. Yeah, but yeah. Um, a lot of that's due to really great partnerships, uh, really terrific opportunities that I've been graced with. And um, once again, be likable, be smart, be in the right rooms, and this kind of shit happens. So, well, I think there's something that you're skipping over, and for people listening out there that maybe look up to you because there there could be people that are new in real estate. There could be people that have their own brokers, have their own teams, and everywhere in between listening to this. And so, there one of the things I want you guys to understand is the 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 grace that he has, the thankfulness of his resources around him. Like it, Sunit could be, the, I mean, number one team in California. You know, like it could be like, hey, look what I did, and instead he's in, he's thankful for his environment and the people that poured into him that allowed him to accomplish that. I think that speaks volumes of the human that you are and also why you continually see success. I think that's a big, big note that people miss is that you, yes, being likable, but also you realize that you didn't do this by yourself without these people, you couldn't have accomplished it. Right. And so, and so you're so thankful for and grateful for them. And I think being grateful is a huge part of what's, what's helped you get to where you are. hundred percent. Yeah. So, um, Let's let's break that down even further. So some other so you, you said so I, I think I hope I'm right with this story. Um, I'm hearing this like fourth hand, but you bought Chep a hat. Was it you that bought him a hat that had three letters on it? Oh, no, no, no. It wasn't you. Was you? So. OK. All right. Well, well, there's a saying that goes on in our circle. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Keep fucking recruiting. Yes, that's right. KFR. Keep fucking recruiting. And you are the shining example of that. Like you. you, How many agents did you bring on? So your units went up over a thousand. How many agents did you bring on to accomplish that last year? Uh, We probably doubled in size. Which what's that look like today? How many agents you have Uh, today in my team? I know I just dropped a bunch of licenses this week. I would have to check. Um, just roughly. Just roughly. Uh, I don't know. 80, uh, oh, we're, we're down to 78 after I dropped like 11 licenses this week. So good. Cool. Awesome. awesome. So, these fucking licenses. Yep. It felt hella good too. <laughs> I love it. So I remember I was gracious enough to share the stage with you in Tahoe. We both spoke at a Chef Like event in Tahoe. And um, I'm eating my words now and I'm doing it in front of the whole audience. I remember being on the stage being like, I don't recruit. I'm not a recruiter. I attract agents. Well, I've grown enough to realize that was bullshit. Right. And so you followed me on stage. You spoke after me. And dude, just to be honest, I've watched your replay back three different times and watched with my leadership team. So much gold there. Um, And so one of the things that I've adopted my model to is KFR. As an example, just in this month alone, we have doubled an agent count. Good. Yeah. And so like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to uh, find my inner to do that in one month. You you better hire some more agents, dog. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, we brought on, so we had 20, we're at, we're at 39 right now with three that are, that didn't pass their test that are waiting to come on once they pass their test. KFR, get them all. That's right. Um, but at the same point, you you, you and I may have different models. I don't want them all. I want the right ones, but I'm, I also, also want to give them an opportunity to prove they're the right ones. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's the thing is like, and I've been that guy, right. Who, and I, and I definitely want the right ones, but if people need opportunities, there's no way that me or somebody in my leadership team are the, both of us are going to meet an independent contractor and determine what their real skill set and their, what they're going to do from a fucking conversation, right? Like we nope. got to throw them in the fire and um, if they make it out, great. Then they could, then they could have everything. If they don't, then they can bounce. Yeah, man. Sink or swim style. I remember, I mean, going back to my childhood, I remember I learned how to swim before I could walk. You know how I learned how to swim? <laughs> you dad threw you in the lake. But... My grandpa threw me in the swimming pool and said, all oh, kids know how to swim. He'll be all right. That's how I learned how to swim. That's how I learned real estate, right? Sink or swim. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm no, I know you and I know you have training on board and all that to help people be successful just like we do. But at the end of the day, um, we can't make people successful, right? As good of a leader as you are, you can't make people successful. You just have to put them in the right environment and they have to succeed for themselves. Yeah. I do. Like I have a story that I tell often is I'll tell a really quick version. 
I was sitting in the brokerage at the time. I had a new team, KFR back then. There was three agents that I wanted to join my team. Well, there was two. One was a slick, experienced car salesman. He'll be great. Got him. This other was this like well-dressed, well-put-together dude, spoke super well. Oh, he'll be great. And the other was a woman who wasn't that well-spoken. I felt like she may have lacked confidence and she wasn't dressed or she didn't appear like a killer. And the only way that I was going to get the second dude was if I hired her. So I hired her, right? And she's still on the team. Five years later, fucking crushing. The other two... Yeah, 1,000%. And so I have a same similar story. There's a person on my team that if she came in and interviewed today with where our team is, she would not be on this team. Like her, it, and I joke, and I think I told the stage from uh, on the stage in Tahoe is that it was the worst interview of my life. But I needed agents. My team was in growth mode. She had a license. And I'm like, all right, come on. Like girl couldn't carry on a sentence. She is now a top producer and a leader on my team that people strive to be as complete nope. because I gave her that opportunity and she put in the work. Like she couldn't formulate a sentence properly. She couldn't look me in the eyes, have a conversation. And now she's my top producer on, I mean, we're ranked number, we're not number one, but we're number 15 team in the nation, according to real trends. Right? Like, so, yeah. and she's yeah. number one on my team. She couldn't formulate a sentence two years ago. So it's important. If you're listening out there, you have to give people a shot, put them in your environment and let them, let them see what they can do. Yep. hundred um, percent. So man, I don't even know where to go with this. So, <laughs> I can't believe I'm just, I got the number one team leader in California on my podcast. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Cindy, I got a question for you. Uh, so we're in a stage of explosive growth right now, and you definitely have experienced a lot of explosive growth yourself. Um, what challenges did you run into as far as when multiplying yourself and how did you overcome that? So I think that everything comes with people, right? And systems. Right. Um, this is a generic answer, so I'm sorry, but um, like hiring administrative staff, knowing when to, you know, that process. Um, I think that's like the paramount thing to managing this. Right. So, I mean, like you guys know this, I have like 30 VAs, right. That really helps. Um, I have, I don't know, 12, 15 other staff. Maybe I'm exaggerating. It feels like 1215. Maybe it's 1215 personalities. Maybe there's only eight of them. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> but um, those kind of things are really, um, to, to me, paramount because your culture is based on your staff, I think, first, because they're the consistent parts that are there. Um, and like, I'm fortunate and right now, we were talking about coaching. Like, I coach full time. I have nearly 40 calls a week and run all these other businesses. And if I didn't have great people, that would be a challenge. And maybe I'm having a challenge with it right now. And I cut some people out this week. Like, I don't know. Well, I, I actually, I do know cause I did, um, <laughs> um, but you know, those are things to consider is, you know, it's always about the people. It's always about like, and I say more staff necessarily than always the, the bulk of the agents. Number one. Number two is like, you know, I have a, I have a bachelor's in information systems and I like tech and all that shit. Right. Um, and, um, I've really systematized and made, well, I've really tried to systematize and make everything like as task orientated and checklist orientated as possible. And, um, I think that that's always like a work in something you always have to break and fix. Uh, like we use monday.com and I have a Monday board built out for literally everything. Um, so for me as the leader of a growing organization, who's also trying to grow other things, it's important for me to be able to glance in something, get an idea of what's happening and move on. Right. So that's how you manage that. Yeah. 1000%. And you just became Colin's best friend. Um, he <laughs> yeah. convinced me to get Monday about, I don't know, a year or so ago. Um, and he's, he's our Monday guy. So, uh, Monday.com. Yeah. So we use that for a lot of stuff. Um, so it's, it's, so you said a couple of things there. So systematize, I have a saying too, if you, if you do anything more than once, you need a system for it without a system, your default is chaos, especially when you're growing like duplication matters. How can you make it scalable, repeatable and duplicatable? Like you have to be able to have a system for that. 
You and then the key is in your growth mode, and this is this is when you're in infant growth, like you're you're an agent growing a team or a small team trying to be a big team. Is you don't manage people, you manage the systems that manage the people, because then you have a system that can be duplicatable and scalable. And too many 100%. people, not that you don't pour in your people, don't take that. You have to pour in your people leadership wise, but when it comes to doing tasks and systems, manage the system that manages the people. Yep, one thousand percent. So, um, what? Uh, let's talk about let's talk about your VAs. You again went over that. You said how many VAs do you have right now? 30-ish. Yeah. Yeah. And so what what somebody that so let's talk to the people like myself that didn't have a VA before I met you. Now you help me get two of them and I'm trying to get more. Um so let's yeah, talk to the people. KFR for the VAs, bro. Hire them all. I'm addicted. It's horrible, man. Like, <laughs> like I'm like, hey, let's go get two more. They'll know you don't need them. Bad. <laughs> so how, let's talk about leveraging VAs. So going back, I think a systems is a lot, a big part of it, but how do you, if maybe it's an agent that just wants their first VA as an assistant, maybe it's a team that needs a team of VAs. Um, how, how do you, where do you start and how do you manage that to make sure that VA is successful for that team or agent? So I was like a hectic ass agent, busy as hell, trying to do everything, little baby at home, right? You, you know the story and I wanted leverage. So I hired a VA. And I hired another one and I had, you know, and I had a couple of good ones. I had a couple terrible ones, just like anything else. Yep. Right. Um, I, and I found a good one about five years back. That dude runs everything from the Philippines. He is running more of my business and is more dependable and accountable than maybe anybody else in my organization. Maybe. Um, and I leveraged the, you know, and I started there. Right. And right. then as I saw another, as I saw holes or if I saw constraints, um, that staff felt plug a VA in, plug a VA in. Right. And then, you know, where, where, you know, like I want to market. And just like, I like being number one, I want to outmarket everybody, right? Like if you guys follow me on social, if you don't, well, you should. Um, I just want to dominate the entire like attention of everybody in this market or whoever follows me or all that. A good way to do that is I have five VAs pumping out content 12 hours a day, five days a week. I have one guy whose whole job, his entire job is to make TikToks and reels all fucking day long. Love it. Right? That's the only thing that, that he does. Um, for the leads, you know, I, I've been fortunate enough to have great lead partnerships and be able to launch and be at the forefront in many of these terrific platforms. And it's important to me both financially and personally and, you know, in the coaching space to dominate those things. Um, and I see the holes and challenges from talking to other teams and talking to two other agents are, and, you know, I highly leveraged VAs in the whole lead conversion process. So I have 10 or nine, I don't know, VAs who live inside my CRM follow boss. They clock there. I have, there's someone there. There's two to four people there seven days a week, 12 hours a day, every day. Right. Um, and like their whole job is to live in follow bus and their conversion is the same as the ISAs who are also very good sitting here in Sacramento with local knowledge, better command of the English language. Yeah. Right. Can tell you where the friggin' target is by the neighborhood that, that you called in on and the VAs are executing just as well. Right. So I don't know. I mean, like, I think that uh, so many, like so many business owners in real estate, outside of real estate, if you're a solo agent. If you're a big team, if you're a big brokerage, like people are afraid to spend money on people. I know I was. Yep. I hired two local TCs last week. What like one of my normal one of my one of my regular not normal of course she's normal but but one of my regular <laughs> TCs got ill and, and having a health problem. I said, well, I want to fucking fix it. I'm just going to double the amount of TCs, right? Like, so I, you may feel like a constraint, but you're not going to be able to grow without the right people in there and just hire, like hire. 1,000%. So um, let's talk uh, what what people do wrong with VAs. And then I want to talk about grow hiring to where you're going, not where you're at. So let's talk about, let's talk about what, what do, where do people go wrong with VAs? I'm, I'm, selfishly, this is for me. Um, you're coaching me right now. You just don't know it. Um, so what, let me have Christy send you a contract real quick. <laughs> I've, I've hired, I've hired VAs in the past for like TC work, um, listing coordinator work, admin stuff, and they haven't integrated well and it just didn't work out. 
it maybe the the staff wasn't open, et cetera. But we are we are going. That's how we're scaling from here. Is we're we're systematizing our processes even more to where we can use the VA model to to create leverage. So where does that go wrong in your opinion, or where does it went wrong in your organization? So where it goes wrong is when people fire off tasks all day long and don't have any kind of plan schedule, don't have any documented expectations or documented training or something real simple as a checklist. The amazing thing that I found about the Filipino culture is they're highly task orientated. You know, something I found out about our culture here in the U.S. is we are not highly task orientated, (laughs) right? Uh, In general, and I hate to generalize, but that's just been my, my experience, right? Like um, if you document what you're going to do, you write out a checklist. I think this is hiring for anybody and you get away from firing off shit to do all day. Hey, do this. Hey, do this. Hey, do this. Hey, do this. You can do that, but give that person additional opportunities to not get shit fired off at them all day. Right. Yeah. That, I mean, that clogs the funnel. If you, if you're the one that has to delegate shit all day, like that, you, you can't get anything done. Right. Because now what happens when you're sick that day? Now they just don't have anything to do. No, you have yeah. to train them well enough and, and trust them enough and empower them that this is your baby. Do it how you think it needs to be done. As long as ABC happens. Yeah. And, and I don't think that you can look at it when hiring overseas help as just hiring like cheap labor. Like I love changing these people's lives overseas. One of my boys, my head of VAISA, you may have met him. His name is Jester Carl, right? Jester, that dude is buying Yeezy Kanye West shoes out in Manila, bro. Like he's living his best life. Every holiday, like on my birthday and Thanksgiving, no doubt a Filipino dude knocks on my door and brings me hella Filipino food that those dudes uh, get for me overseas and, and send it over. So it's not cheap labor. Like this, like these people are, yeah, we're really changing people's lives and it feels good and I feel good about it. And, yep. you know, feeling good supportive. Dude, 1000%. I couldn't agree more. We just, so um, right now we're leveraging our VAs in our marketing department um, is where, where we're leveraging them, um, editing videos, doing posts, different things like that. Um, and it's been phenomenal. They they have been great. Um, and actually you helped us find them. So thank you for that. Um, and then um, on top of that, like I we, have, we started doing EOS level 10 meetings and we started doing that departmentally for our marketing company. In the last the last meeting, like we we asked them to be a part of it, and some of my staff looked at me like, "What you want them to be part?" I'm like, "Yes, they're part of the team. They're not just they're not just, and it's just it's just the mindset. Like they didn't mean it the wrong way, but like they're it's just the mindset most people have with VAs. They don't bring them in as part of the team. No, they're part of our team and our family. Like, and I made it I make it very clear to the VAs too. Like we sent some we sent some equipment because he needed. Hey, I'm my computer's being slow here, here, and here. I'm like, I got you. You know, like you, you have to do that. They're a part of your team, part of your family, just because they're not in your office. Don't treat them like they're cheap labor. Like you said, they are a valuable part of your team. If you treat them that way, they will become way more valuable. Dude. Yes. And you want them buying Yeezys. Like my head dude, Joe has remodeled his kitchen lately. Like he's living his life. Dude, He makes four times what a doctor makes out there. Right. Like he's killing it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so let's, um, Dude, I have such a bad memory. What was the last, what was the other thing I said, Colin? That's why I have Colin here. What was the other thing I said I wanted to talk about? Uh, I said, oh, hiring to where you're going, not where you're at. Yes. There's too many people that, and, and it's easy, right, in this business that you live, you live on accident, not on purpose, right? And so there's too many people that, like, I've done this. I'm guilty. I was at 120, 140% capacity on my operations team before I hired new operations people. And then you got to train, you got to onboard. And thinking back in my own story, that's probably why the VAs failed because my TC staff at the time was already overloaded. They can't train anybody else. So you have to, if you're going to grow, it's an investment. These people are an investment in your growth and you're investing in them and their future. And you got to go to, you have to invest in where you're going, not where you're at. 100%. 100%. And sometimes you just got to put on your big boy pants or your big girl pants and just make a decision that may be a little uncomfortable. Like another example, I never wanted to hire ISAs. I don't need them. I do lead shifts. I do this. I have these dudes over here for years. I went on stage saying not to hire ISAs, bro. I have a big, robust ISA team and I fucking love it. Right. So, um, you just can't, you just got to pull up your pants. Shit's going to get maybe a little hard for a second. Hopefully you're smart with your finances. And, um, you know, like you're sitting at the blackjack, table sometimes it's, it's it's uncomfortable but you gotta double down or you know, like, <laughs> your head. 
That's right. So I, I, this is the exercise I take people through. Like I'll ask them, like if, and, and so if you're listening, go through this exercise yourself. Would you agree with the statement that people are your most valuable asset on your team? hundred percent. And, and everybody says yes. But again, I'm hedging my bet because the, my next question is then why do you treat them like they're an expense and not an investment? Yeah, I don't know. And most people look at me like, holy shit, it's like a light bulb moment for most people. So your people are not an expense, they're an investment in where you're going. And so if you look at them that way, because here's what I know, I can't do what I want to do without great people in my life. Without the great people in my life, I wouldn't be where I'm at. But like any investment, you have to watch that shit, right? And if it doesn't perform expectations, you have to address it. Yep. I mean, yeah, it has to come with accountability. Otherwise, you're, if you let them slide, you're not doing them any favors, right? You, you have to hold them accountable and help them level up. But accountability is a part of that, 100%. Cindy, I have a question for you. Um, the, the fact that you're on the number one team in California, what point did you decide, you know what, I'm going to make that my goal. I'm going to I'm gonna move towards that. Never, man. It was just like when we became number, I, I only wanted to be number one in SAC. When we became number one in Cali, that was cool. Then, and you, then to have it after one year, I really wanted again. I, I mean, honestly, Putting that graphic out and shoving it in all these suckers' faces is one of my favorite <laughs> things in the world. So oh, that's, that. That, that's why I post it like once a week. Like check no it out. Yeah. 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 Yeah, <laughs> so what what are some what are some key points that you think? So maybe let's let's backtrack a little bit. How did you maybe how did you start growing your team? You have a team and a brokerage. How did that integrate together? Why are you running that model? Talk a little oh, bit about sure. that. So I was like a I was in another coaching, and honestly, like at that time in my life, you know, in my previous business in life, I was very successful. Um, you know, made a substantial amount of money. Um, so financially successful, I think maybe the rest of my life may have been lacking, but Hey, um, and, um, I was, you know, like my, my, uh, my wife was pregnant or we had that we had our first kid and, I wanted to spend more time at home. And, you know, I did have that experience of owning a business that I really liked. Um, and now I was like a grinding agent. And for me, I wasn't getting full f- fulfilled. So I said, fuck it. I'm going to start a team. I'm going to get commissions Inc. I got some Zillow leads and I was sitting there in Keller Williams at the end of a cubicle, like farm. I said, Hey, I got some leads. Who wants to join my team? And five people raised their hand and that was where the team came from. No, no fucking, fucking way, way. Dude, dude. That's, that's hilarious. hilarious. It's so dumb, but yeah. So uh, then I had a team, right? And um, the whole like, I like running a business. I like owning a business. And that fulfilled that need. For the longest time, I thought I always wanted to get back into cannabis. But it was just that I wanted to get back into business. I remember I was driving home and it dawned on me. I remember it clearly. Or maybe I'm tripping, but I think I might remember it. And um, so that was eye opening, right? And then, you know, I really dug into the business and to the growth and the leadership. And I really think that's where I naturally shine. Um, the brokerage I was at was a split model brokerage. So the agents in my team had a challenge with making any money because they're paying double splits, right? So we got out of there and went to a 100% shop. They gave me a smoking deal. Well, the hundred percent shop didn't provide the support that I wanted or that I thought that I deserved. Right. Sure. Um, so, um, I, you know, I'd been traveling, speaking at the time, met the guys who started big block, like that model, like the financials of it, like the vibe and culture of it. So I said, you know, let's just open one in Sacramento. And it was initially like, well, I want to win. I want every agent in Sacramento to work for me and one either on my team or on my brokerage. I want every damn sign and every damn fucking yard to have my big block on it. Right. Like yeah. whatever. So, like that's like, that's just it. And the way that I'm going to do it and leverage my brand and leverage more opportunities for everybody is to just have all the options. Right. So now I'm very fortunate. Like if some team of 20 wants to come on board and give their agents a hundred percent, cool. Like bring them on board. Right. If somebody wants to join my team or get, and here's the thing is owning the brokerage, owning the team, I control every single part of it. I control the accounting. I control everything. I like that freedom, man. I can do whatever I want and I don't need to ask anybody for a damn thing. Yeah. Yeah. 
Love it. So how do you how do you decide or how does an agent decide um, just in case somebody's running something similar on um, what what is is this agent best for the team or the brokerage? So I let them make that decision. And oftentimes they go back, you know, they may join one option and end up going to another option. We have that flexibility. Like, let's say that someone joins the team and thinks they're going to be a hot shot and do all this. Maybe they don't like the structure of the team. Maybe they're more of like a lone wolf or something. Maybe they have their own team and don't want to have a team under my team. Like that's not like bad financials. Um, So, you know, big block. And here's the thing is, you know, I have, you know, 10, 15, 20% market share for listings. Like if you're a team in Sacramento, my fucking signs in 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 a 20% of the yards anyways, bro. Like why not bring your team over to me? Cause you can leverage that if you're smart. Yep. So, yeah. yeah, cool. cool. It's neat. Uh, I'm curious. You mentioned that while you do work in real estate, you're a full time coach now. Um, what What was kind of your? I would assume the the motivation to coach others was your motivation of continually improving yourself. You seem to be a very uh, enjoy the challenge. Um, what was your motivation for uh, coaching, and how is that? Uh, I really like that challenge, mm-hmm. right? And I really want to challenge myself. You know, if you're if you're watching this, you see the guitars in the background, right? It's like I don't play the guitar to strum a damn chord. I play the guitar to shred a heavy metal solo, dude. Right? And that's really challenging. <laughs> so I want to like challenge myself as much as possible. And yeah, with coaching and yeah, at this load, like the time constraints are real, and the structure is real, and it feels really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um. And I really like to win. And this is another place to win. And I like um, learning from other people and helping other people. And this has been a great opportunity for that. And if I can be number one in Cali, and if I can coach a team to be number one in their market, then for me, there's great satisfaction there and fulfillment. When you're a brand new agent and you are, when you're an agent, like let's say that you're you're a solo agent and you... um, meet a young family, maybe are having, they're having a challenge with finances or even getting their offer accepted and you're able to get their offer accepted and you change their life. And you know that you get that serotonin or dopamine released for yourself and you feel good. Right. And that's fulfilling. And then when you start maybe being a leader in an organization, you, uh, get somebody on board and they fucking change their life, buy a car, buy a house, get married, have kids. And that's from the work that you had laid that allowed them to do that. And that's fulfilling, you know? Mm-hmm. And for, and for me, the coaching opportunity is fulfilling, right? Like being able to give somebody a breakthrough moment, like that feels good. 1000%. Dude, you, you just had, I had like three light bulb moments there. Like I was, I was curious to myself how you were going to answer. Cause he asked the question and I was asking myself, why did I want to be a coach? And what I realized through you um, articulating that is that I, I'd say this all the time is what we do here is changing lives. We're not, we just happen to do it through real estate. Right. And so I, I, you can't replace that feeling you get when you help an agent change their life. You know, like it, whether it's having money in the bank, pay off debt, whatever. And what this coaching allows me to do is I get the fulfillment to help more people do that. And I think you have a lot of the same. And and on top of that, you said you said something, too, that I've, I've not heard very many coaches say you get an opportunity as a coach to learn from others. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah, a totally. very powerful statement. Well, it's always learning, right? It's like, um, it's like human behavior, dude. It's like that's something massively that I learned both in leading a big organization and in coaching. And I, uh, that's really eye opening. And I'm fascinated with human behavior from all other kinds of people. So um, it helps me be better at everything by understanding more human behavior from big operators. Like I've been yeah. fortunate to coach some of the, you know, heaviest hitters in the Cheplak organization. And it's just, yeah, dude, like, Learning what makes all different kinds of people tick mm-hmm. is just it's super cool. I'm just great. I'm grateful for the opportunity. It's so fortunate to have it that, uh, yeah, it's just great. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Go ahead, Colin. Follow up question on that, uh, Sneet, with, with the coaching, since you've uh, had the opportunity to coach a lot of people who are high in the, the industry. Um, what, what are some of the, the main issues you see many of them struggling with? 
um, so that people who are uh, hoping to, to also follow in their footsteps um, when they encounter the same problems, uh, what, are, what are we running into and how are you guys solving it? People. All <laughs> systems, right? Like what is your recruiting system? Well, what's your onboarding system? Well, what's your lead follow-up system? What's your marketing system? What's your process, right? And these things should break in your business really often. I try to break mine every chance I fucking get, yep. right? Like I think onboarding is the most fluid part of any real estate organization and recruiting that should be broken once a week. Like we're consistently updating all those processes, sales too, right? Uh, marketing, you know, staying in front of the different changes in marketing, which and sales and leads and all this, you know, and hiring and onboarding. So it's all a fluid thing. And I think if, if it becomes static, then it, uh, gets boring. So I, I want to break that shit. I, I want to smash it. And I want to smash it often. I do it in my own, in my own organization. Um, and yeah, so I mean, th those are the consistent issues. I think not only in real estate, not only in business, but I think in life, right? Like what are you doing to exercise? Right. Yeah. <laughs> what, like, what are you doing to spend more time with your kids? Right. So, um, I think those things are relative and there's like deep parallels with, business even in or without real in, in or outside of real estate yeah one thousand percent um and and to add to that is i have a saying inside of my organization is is that if nobody told you how to do your job how would you do your job and the reason i say that is because people or businesses go to die is well that's how we've always done it just because we did it that way 30 seconds ago doesn't mean that's how we do it next time Right. We're always looking to improve. I like how you phrased it. I'm trying to break that shit so that so that I have to fix it. Right. And that that's a great way to look at it, because if you're not breaking it, you're not really you're not growing. You're not changing. Love it. Good. Awesome, man. Well, um, I, guys, I, I want you guys to understand how how privileged you are to be listening to this man right here. Speak to you. It's all his words are gold. He's he's not just theory. Um, he's he's boots on the ground doing it, working as a coach, helping other people. His company. How many people you recruited this week? I don't know. I would have to check. Yeah, uh, that that means that's a lot. So my point is, this guy is not just he's not just talk. Let me look. Let me look, dude. Let's see. All right. He want he wants to brag. Give him a second to brag. Uh, so we've sent out four contracts this week. Yeah. Only four this week. They better pick it up over there. <laughs> only four agents this week. Could you imagine running an organization where you only got four agents that week? Um, only so ever dude. The, 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 the goal is all right. The what? goal is all dude. That's that's, and, and that's, so there's, there's part of it too. You said you enjoy a challenge, right? Like you are always trying to push yourself. Like it's, that's what really spoke to me is that I, I'm always looking for what's next, what's next, what's next, because like I get bored, you know, like I, I mean this with the most respect, but what I love about the coaching the most is that I got bored with my team. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't mean that in a downgrading way, but like, it's not that I've mastered it or I can't always learn, but like, I, w I wanted a new challenge. Right. And, the, and, and it's, the cool part is because I have the same attitude as you is that I actually learn on my coaching calls where I'm coaching others. Right. And so I'm able to bring that knowledge back to my team because I'm an open book. And I, you, if you listen, when you're actually coaching people, then you actually learn stuff too. Um, yeah, yeah, every, day, every, day. every day, even if it's just human behavior, right. But which it's, which is the hardest day. thing to get in business. So that's that not just even, not even human, but you, you get the opportunity to learn human behavior because that's the, that's the needle mover for any business. That's right. But I mean, like, you know, trying to play a fast solo on the guitar is really, really hard too. So, <laughs> yeah, I asked him if we we're going to get him, if he's going to break, break one out for the episode. And he said, no. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I need a warm up, dude. So <laughs> my hands are cold. <laughs> All right. Well, Sydney, I know that uh, you got to leave at about two o'clock. So we got about 10 minutes left. We're going to use every minute of it. But I uh, was curious um, to give the, the <laughs> listeners some tools uh, so that they can continue to upgrade their lives and, and move towards and follow in your footsteps and maths and such. What's uh, one of your favorite sayings that has uh, really impacted your life? Oh man, that's a good question. I don't know. Good saying. I'm I'm not as uh, good with sayings as as Matt here, man. Because Matt can pull him out of the air, man. Um, yeah, 
I don't really know, dude. Like, there's nothing I can think of that 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 comes across my head. Let me let me tell you one. You may not heard this before. This is my favorite quote. Never tell me the sky is the limit when there are footprints on the moon. <laughs> That's a good one. Well, dude, I like the shit one. that you put on Instagram. Like, don't tell me that's not your job, right? Like, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let me uh, take this angle. Then, what's what's uh, one book that you've uh, found that has really influenced you and that you would highly recommend to anyone wanting to upgrade? Uh, make sure they read. So I have a couple. If you're a real estate professional or in sales, um, creating sales velocity, get the audible from Matthew Ferry, you know, Mike Ferry's eldest son, uh, creating sales velocity on audible. It's about two and a half hours baller. Right. And it's not relative to real estate, although, you know, he was in the real estate space at the time. It's relative to sales and persuasion. Uh, I think um, Influence by Robert Cialdini is great. I think that the compound effect by Darren Hardy is something everybody should study. You know, he was a realtor, right? Like Darren's a bad, bad dude. And um, that is a good book. Dude, I like a bunch of them. Um, I'm looking back here there, you know, there's, there's so many, there's so many, I've been really into Jordan Peterson lately, which maybe isn't everybody's cup of tea and it's not always mine. Um, but, um, you know, a lot of his philosophies and, you know, um, his work as a clinical psychologist, once again, understanding human behavior, I think is really interesting uh robert green is really good with his laws of power and that shit like i'm really into that um there's to do there's so much up like i love like 10x rule uh and be obsessed or be average like there's so many and i don't think like well all those books are good you know there's hundreds and thousands of other books that are going to resonate with you i think the most important thing is that you educate yourself um, in some measure, you know, I don't read as much as I like to, I'll be first one to, to admit it. Um, I like often I'm liking the formats more of podcasts, just maybe because it's easier to digest. Uh, I've been listening to Jordan Peterson's 12 rules of life at the gym for three fucking months. That book is like 21 <laughs> hours on. on <laughs> I, I'm like almost over listening to it. Like I don't get, he's talking about the Russian gulag and shit when I'm trying to do like bicep curls. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's really. Yeah, man, that's no, that's, that's a lot of good info. And I, I'm with you too. I'm, I'm a lifelong learner. Right. And I'm always feeding my mind stuff. And uh, it's, I'm with you is I've tried audible books, but dude, I just, I, my mind goes somewhere else. It just, I can't stay engaged. So I've, I listen to a, I don't even have a radio. I, maybe I have a radio in my truck. I don't know. Cause it's always on podcasts. I'm always feeding my mind something, you know? Dude. Yeah. Like in one of my big years of massive growth, like I'm a musician, like I love playing music. And for about two years, I didn't listen to music unless it was on the weekend. I only did podcasts. Right. In fact, I think I listened to every Pat Hyben podcast that he ever did. I've been graced enough to be on that show, I think, three times now before Pat uh, quit, before he sold it. Um, So, um, you know, something else I'm really into right now, like I've been doing a a course by Frank Kern, like on straight Mm. marketing. Right. And I think that is just you just have to educate. Yeah. And so. Education without implementation is useless, though. So too many people. Oh, yeah, so yeah. a great analogy is people say, well, I read 100, book, 100 books this year. What did you actually retain and what did you apply? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? nothing. That's that's just a contest. That's just a contest to see how many books you can read. Yep, yep. that's the wrong kind of competition. Yep, 100%. Yep. It's about what you retain and what you apply. Um, I mean, so again, you said, I, I, I love my saying, so I would rather, I'd rather read one book 10 times than 10 books one time. Like I, I will learn more. You, everybody will, but too many people would rather, well, I want to get to this next book, get to the next, next book. Well, have you mastered this book yet? Yeah. Why are you going to the next one? Exactly. Yeah. Looking for the next shiny object when actually the true growth is within. And if you master that, it's like Chep says, right? It's them tiny hinges. Swing those big doors. Tiny hinges, swing big doors. Yes. Awesome, man. Um, well, Sunit, 
Let's end this on on a high note. What do you want to let's drop some drop some fire here? What do you want to drop some fire with on the people? End it end it strong uh, for us. I mean, like, so you know, to be really basic, like I think people really need to just know what it's gonna take to like there's no fucking shiny object, there's no silver bullet. The only thing that really matters is consistency and hard work. Like get your ass up and get out of bed. Don't think that any other shit's going to fucking make a difference, right? Like, I'm sorry. It's not. Get up and get to work and do it and do it often. And do it day after day after day. Day after day after day. Like, dude, I don't have to be doing half the shit that I'm doing. I'm extremely comfortable. Yeah. So why do you do it? What motivates you to keep doing it? Because I have to beat you. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Okay. Yes, there's some oh, kind of obsession with the, with the competitiveness. So yeah, you got to find something to keep you going. You know, like it's it's uh, whenever you reach a goal or accomplishment, it's there's always a transition phase. Like I went through that several different times. Like, well, this is more than I thought I'd ever have. What do I do now? But I challenge you guys to number one, you got to work hard to reach that. But don't stop. Find something else. Reach higher. Right. Um, yeah. Because there's always more. Yep, hundred percent. And you got to beat Sunit because. Um, Cause he's, he's out there hustling. So yes, yes, I am. There, there's no, there's no stopping it. 100%. All right, brother. Well, I appreciate you so much taking the time to be on here. Um, I appreciate it. That was a it. lot of fun, Matt. That was a super fun dude. It's a good shit. Yeah. Thanks brother. I'm sure we'll see you at another event sometime and, uh, and catch up. And as always, I'm here for you. If you need anything, don't hesitate to reach out. Great. Sunit, thanks a lot for joining us. If anyone is looking to join your team in the area or something, how could how would you like them to get a hold of you? They already know who the hell he is, Colin. <laughs> Come on. I'm, I, I, I'm the one chasing you around on social media sponsored ads, number one. <laughs> number two is, uh, you know, if anyone wants any information about coaching or anything else or talk, um, go to my Instagram, Sunit underscore Agrawal 916. There's a link in bio with all kinds of helpful links and we'll go from there. Yeah, and you guys need to give this guy a follow for real he, he puts out good content he knows his stuff and uh he's in this for the right right reason so make sure you go out and give him a follow all right all right brother thanks again thank you guys for listening and uh we'll see you next time thank you so much for listening to another episode of all or nothing in real estate if you found anything this valuable please share this with your friends all or nothing in real estate is a passion project of mine this business has done so much for me and my family and this is my way to give back i'm also a real estate coach with Cheplack select coaching So if you are interested in having a coaching consultation with me, please check out the link below. All or Nothing in Real Estate is not just a podcast. It is a movement. It is a community of contribution that is single-handedly designed to help change the real estate community in a positive way. So make sure you're following us on all social, social platforms and subscribe to us on YouTube. Most importantly, make sure you've requested to join All or Nothing in Real Estate's private Facebook group. That is a private group that we keep in exclusive content and we do it in a private setting to make sure it remains a community of contribution. There's a lot of great in-depth content there for free. So please make sure you join that group as well. And again, thank you guys so much for listening. If you found this of value, please share this with your friends. It is my goal to give back and contribute to make this industry better for all of us. Thanks again. Thank you.